there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here.
Oh, holy God, we need this story, this Christmas story. We need the story of ordinary people who were brave. We need the story of love that changed the world. We need the story of angel choruses that give reason to hope and starlight that reminds us to look up. In a battered and bruised world, we gather around your word like people gather around a fire to warm themselves. And so we are here, gathered together to warm ourselves by your light, because we need this story. We need the truth that lies deep in these holy words. And so tonight we pray, scoop out space in us to truly listen, to be attentive, to be in attunement, quiet our minds, open our hearts, kindle the fire. Amen. Is there, is there a spot in your home, whether that's a house or an apartment, is there a spot there, whatever it may be, that's your spot? You know what I'm talking about? Is there a spot that's your spot? Whether it's, it's a recliner, or whether it's uh, your back patio, or maybe it's, uh, it's, it's um, the man cave. Anybody have a man cave? Yeah? Nobody here has a man cave? Okay, one uh, Rick timidly saying, yeah, I do. It's me. Hi. Um, for me, my spot is my living room. My living room. You got a man cave too, Luke? Yeah? Nice, nice. I'm jealous. Uh, my spot for me is, uh, is my living room. It's my place of peace. The rest of our home is completely overrun by a seven-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and two kittens. Anything goes. But the living room, the living room is my room. It's my refuge. It's the place I often begin my day and where I sometimes unwind. It's where I read. It's where I pray. It's where I listen to music. It's where I meditate. It's my sacred space. The living room also happens to be the place where our Christmas tree lives right now. We have an artificial pre-lit tree, which is lovely. I know some of y'all are rolling your eyes. Um, I, I love a good real tree, um, but uh, uh, in this season of my life I'm in right now. It's artificial all the way. But, um, but, but a few weeks ago, I was sitting there in the living room, uh, my place of refuge, probably hiding, and sometimes I go in there to do that, and, and I had um, coffee in my hand, and uh, I had Christmas music playing for a fleeting moment. For a fleeting moment, it felt like everything was as it should be. For a fleeting moment, all was calm. All was bright. It was a good vibe. The stuff that Pottery Barn ads and Hallmark cards are made of. You know? Everything I dreamed of. And that's when Emma, my seven-year-old, walked in, and she came right up to me and took one look at the tree, which I had also been looking at the whole time, mind you. And she said... Uh, Dad, how come the top of the tree isn't lit? I said, what do you mean? And that's when my eyes adjusted, only to realize that she had seen what I hadn't, that the entire top section of our Christmas tree was completely dark, completely dark. And in that moment, my heart sunk a little bit. And I said, hmm, well, you know, Emma, that's a good question. <laughs> I do not... No, the answer, and I'm just now seeing this. I told you that moment was fleeting. It was a fleeting moment. You remember those two kittens I mentioned? Uh, turns out one of them had climbed the tree and begun snacking on the wires, and, and it's a minor miracle that she didn't end up like that cat from Christmas Vacation. You know what I'm talking about? And as I sat there staring up at the mostly lit tree, my fleeting moment of comfort and joy became the nightmare before Christmas. 
which is a little dramatic, I know. Grand scheme of things, not a big deal, but, but it was like, come on, really? This is why we can't have nice things, you know? Thank you, thank you, Izzy, yeah. Gone was the Pottery Barn ad and, and the picture-perfect Christmas because now, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fixate on it until it's fixed or I get a new one, one of the two. Uh, gone is my silent night, my heavenly peace. I can't Instagram this, you know? Like, that's the real problem, let's be honest. But as I sat there a bit longer, I began to realize this is it. This is it. As I sat there staring up at the mostly lit tree, I thought, this is it. This is the story of Christmas. This is it. The story of Joseph and Mary traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The story of Jesus' birth among the animals because there was no place for them anywhere else. The story of shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, visited by angels who announced good news of great joy for all the people. You heard the story of how the shepherds race to see this child for themselves. This is the story. And I wonder what images come to mind for you when you hear it, when you heard it again. Think of the nativities you've seen, the artwork that's been made, and even some of the songs we sing, right? Mary's hair, you know, is perfect. Not one strand out of place. She looks so serene. Joseph looking down adoringly, totally relaxed, totally chill. Baby Jesus is peacefully sleeping through the night in a manger that's more lush than lumpy. The shepherds have clearly showered. The animals, amazingly silent, not a peep, careful not to wake the sleeping child. Everything's just perfect. It's just right. It's as it should be. Yeah? Except we know better, don't we? If we're honest, we know that the Christmas story isn't a, a Pottery Barn ad or a Hallmark card. It's not Instagram worthy. We can instead imagine a teenage Mary exhausted from labor, experiencing pain like she's never felt before. Birth is messy, everything's a blur. She's facing a reality from which there is no return. We can imagine a sleep-deprived Joseph wondering what just happened, who's lamenting how his dreams of the future have been deferred, if not destroyed, who's grappling with how to love a child that's not his, anxious about how it's all going to work. We can imagine a baby Jesus, vulnerable, needy, whose first breath is a cry, and who keeps on crying the whole night long, who can't wipe his own bottom, who needs to be held constantly and fed every couple of hours at least, and just when you think it can't get any wilder, here come the shepherds, despised migrant workers who've been sleeping among the sheep. If there's anyone, anyone that you want in the room after you've had a baby, I assure you, the shepherds are not it. It's not it. And yet, don't forget the cows, the sheep, the donkeys, all their noises, their smells. That's why I love the nativity that the kids created for tonight. When you come up for communion in a little bit or after the service, come and take a look. Come and take a look at it. It's a little more honest, I think. A little more real. You've got... You've got an angel who's fallen, a fallen angel here, right in the middle. You've got, you've got this shepherd that somehow is larger than all the rest. You've, you've, you've got this angel and these two who are like, nah, it's not about you, Jesus, it's about me right now. You've got, look at this, y'all. I don't know if you can see it. You've got a sheep on Jesus. 
There is, I'm not making this up, there is a sheep, or maybe it's a lamb, on the baby Jesus right now. Isn't this great? I love this so much. I did this a couple years ago, we ended up with two Jesuses. I don't know how that happened. But <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfectly imperfect, right? It feels a little more honest, a little more real, a little more like the world that God enters. And the same is true of the world that we inhabit 2,000 years later. It's not all comfort and joy. It's not all perfect. It's lived in, right? It's human. I know some of us this year have experienced tremendous loss. Others of us have had to make really hard decisions. For some of us, it's felt like one thing after another. And for others, there was a singular moment that upended everything. Some of us just wanted answers this year, and others of us got the answer that changed everything. Maybe you didn't make the progress you'd hoped for. Maybe it feels like another year in which the thing you've prayed for hasn't come to pass. Maybe the cracks in your family are fresh, or maybe they've grown deeper over the past year. Maybe your faith has wavered, or maybe you've given it up altogether. Maybe for you it hasn't been all bad, but that doesn't mean that it was all gravy either. Maybe the tree is mostly lit, but it's not all the way there. And it's certainly not the picture that you dreamed of. I don't know what it's been for you this year, but here's what I do know. This world isn't a a Hallmark card or a Pottery Barn ad, but it's ours. And it's lived in. It's real. And here's the thing about tonight. Here's the thing about tonight, the miracle of tonight. Tonight we celebrate that this child, Jesus, God with us, comes into this world. This is precisely the world that God chooses to enter. God looks around at the real of it all, all our mess, all our struggles, all our fears, all our anxieties, the grief we carry, the hope we cling to, all of our imperfections and failures and disappointments and half-lit Christmas trees and says, yeah, I can work with this. I can work with this. With you, with me, with us. This is why Jesus comes to be God with us, love made local, not with a raucous parade, but in the messiness and pain of childbirth. This is why Jesus comes, love made local, not with brute force and guns blazing, but in the vulnerability and weakness of an infant. This is why Jesus comes, love made local, not in the center of power and privilege, but among the outcast and the poor. Those who don't belong. This is why Jesus comes, love made local, not into a world of perfection, but in the midst of fear and uncertainty and shattered dreams. He comes like this to find us here in our own imperfections, our own broken dreams, our own disappointments and unmet expectations, with a promise to be with us and journey with us toward hearts that are strengthened and renewed, Futures that are better than we could have hoped for or imagined. Communities that are vibrant and compassionate and a little more whole. Healing that you didn't think was possible. Love that casts out every fear. A world at peace. He comes to lead us to that future. So would you let that hope into your hearts tonight? Would you let that hope into your hearts? Would you let that love reign in you tonight? This is what it looks like for love 
to come local. And it begins here with you tonight, with you, with me, with us, God with us. This is the good news of great joy for all the people in this real, honest world. Thanks be to God. Amen. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.